Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, and a podcast for fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who are trying to learn from my guests every week here at NHTE.net. We are also on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Tascam booth at the NAM Show here in Anaheim, California, and thrilled to be joined by Natalie Gelman, who has just performed here on the Tascam stage. Natalie, great job, and thanks for doing this. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, this is home for you. Pretty much. Now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Originally from New York City, though. Yeah, born and raised downtown Manhattan. And so the story goes with Natalie that uh, for those of you who don't know what the word busking is, you're going to know it when we describe what it is because you've seen people do this all over the place, especially in cities like New York, uh, Las Vegas, places like that. But uh, you were a busker in your day. Tell people what busking is. It's uh, street performing. It's making like anything a stage. Um, I, you know, I started out actually busking in Times Square, and I was taught. I went to the Fame School, LaGuardia High School. The, the Fame movie was based on my school, and we were taught always be ready to perform, never say no if someone asks you to sing. And someone asked me to sing one day on the street in Times Square, and I took out my guitar and I closed my eyes and I sang my song. And a crowd had gathered and said, "Where do we put the money?" <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how it started, and and went from playing on the streets of Times Square to uh, down in the subway about two weeks later. And this was at what age, did you say? 16. Uh, and so were you doing this all on your own, meaning, meaning without parental supervision? Yes. Because how scared were you? Uh, you know, I, I must have been more scared than I am now, but I'm saying that because I think it always requires um, just a little bit of, I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a non-descript pair of words. That, uh, yeah plural word it just requires a lot of confidence like you have to just be fearless for a few minutes and just go down there because you have no idea what's what is going to happen at any time even when i still go down now and i've been i've probably put in a thousand two thousand three thousand hours playing subway and busking gigs and you still don't know if people are going to listen um there's now i still go busk in new york when i'm back there you do um yeah i'm part of a program now which has made it a little bit of a cush gig <laughs> i uh, i get like scheduled into different subway stations and i know what time i need to show up and wow. if the cops show up wow. i'm like no dude I belong here. <laughs> but it's it's it takes some fearlessness because you don't know if people are going to listen. There's like announcements now about coughing into your you know elbow because New Yorkers don't know how to be polite and uh, need reminders. But there's also a certain stigma where people I, I think you know, there's that old expression, one bad apple, don't spoil the whole bunch. And, and a few bad apples have spoiled it for people like yourself who are very talented. And there's other people that tourists look at and they go, oh, wait a minute, don't make eye contact with them. What is it? Don't give them any money. And they keep walking by. So that must be challenging because here you are someone who is doing this for a living. And there are other people that are going to walk by and say, yeah, whatever, what's this person doing down here? That's unfortunate. It's a bit of a, you know, kind of a, a catch-22. Well, it's kind of what you experience when you open for someone. There's such low expectations. Um, and there definitely is a stigma when people hear that and read that in my bio and I've got a big gig or something. They think, oh, you know, she hasn't really made it yet. And the truth is that actually all of the best... Um, I literally met my husband, who I just married three months ago, busking on the streets of Sundance. Wow. Um, and I've gotten placements from being at Sundance, but 
no one, you know, it, it's also, you know, you're putting yourself out there in such a way where I've met my lawyer, who at the time was partnered married, uh, with managing Britney Spears, you know, like all of my best contacts and the people who are like totally behind me um, have been often through busking. Wow. Um, wow. Other artists, um, a lot of fans that have supported me throughout the years, people who have put on house concerts when I've been touring in Denmark that met me when I was first starting out in the subways. See, and like, that's a whole new avenue for, you know, I, 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 I use the expression ad nauseum, and, and, and we in the music business know it's really true. You never know who might be in the audience, but nobody ever thinks you never know who might be in the busking audience, and, and here you are to say a lot of people might be out there. Especially in New York City. Yeah. And it does go back to <laughs> always be ready to give your best performance, because lo and behold, look at the context that you have made. Yeah. So then what is this? Um, it says here in my notes, uh, tired of pretending to be 21 to play in clubs. What was that all about? So, I, I mean, I was putting a lot of my effort to going around and playing open mics in the East Village and trying to get my foot in the door at the bitter end and just the venues in New York that were the singer-songwriter venues when I was, you know, in my late teens. Um, and I had a fake ID. I mean, I grew up in New York City. I had a fake ID at 13. So it wasn't like I went out and got a fake ID to go play these open mics. But I used my fake ID to get into all these clubs. And then they would give me shows uh, because I was good enough to, to have my own show. And so I would invite people. But the only people who could come were my friend's parents. And they started realizing and, like, listening to my lyrics. And, um, and it just kind of it just felt really weird and icky and it, like it wasn't easy anymore you know I just so I um, it was just easy to go out and play in the subway I mean and I also was like then by the time I was in college at, actually when I was 16 and so it was paying for all my books it was paying for like just a ton of I didn't Expenses. realize I was actually making better money when I was 16 than I made now but <laughs> Who knows? I mean, people might have just been feeling charitable to so the poor child. <laughs> so then what brought you from New York City out to California? Uh, uh, when and why did you move? So I was looking to make another record, and a friend told me to reach out to a producer friend of hers that uh, I happen to know is a mutual friend of ours that we were, we were just talking about. But so she, again, with this, like, you never know. You just have to put, put yourself and be fearless. Make, you know, that's kind of my, my message with everything I do, too. But, um... She made me promise that I would reach out to him, and I called him three times, and the third time when I was leaving a message, his wife picked up and said, hi, you're persistent. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Natalie, but thank you for answering. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Um, and they met with me, and they wanted to write with... He wanted to write with me because he heard my songs and thought that I had potential, and, um, and so I came out to write with him and start production on a new CD and um, and that was Charlie Midnight who's a friend of ours and I, I signed a production deal with Charlie Midnight and Mark Needham and, and I thought LA was sort of just going to be a uh, be passing through and uh, lo and behold I had met my husband at Sundance and didn't really know that when I was moving out to California but uh, yeah so he, he and I reconnect well connected and then ended up moving up to Ojai now where he's from and yeah and so that's another testimony you know if you if you think about things like you never know who might be in the audience and you talked about the busking connections that you made and you know if you if you think about um, networking and, and, and that type you know 
you never know who knows who. And so here we are, it's a small world after all in the, in the music world. I mean, I'm coming here from Tampa, Florida, uh, but lo and behold, we do find that we have this, this mutual connection uh, in, in our mutual friend, Charlie Midnight. So, you know, obviously you're doing this the right way because you're realizing you never know um, who might be watching, you never know who, who they might know. And in fact, it, you know, th here's this enormous NAM uh, show that we're at and you'll probably walk around and bump into half a dozen people that you know. You do. I mean, it, it kind of was amazing to me as I grew up and the first time I came to NAMM and I saw so many of my friends from college were here and, you know, a lot of my friends were percussionists, actually, and they were all over at LP and, and you know, just I was like, wow, you guys are getting it done. I don't know if I was supposed to do this. But, you know, they're approaching it from the uh, session musician side of things and, and that kind of thing. But, yeah, it's it's really fascinating and it... Um, you know, it comes down to it's we're all human, like, and everyone has the same motivations and wants to be, you know, part of part of this connected community. Like, it's and it's more fun that way. And it, absolutely, it, it goes to something that that I've been very much on for about a year, which is there needs to be more of a spirit of collaboration out there instead of competition. Those two CO words are very opposite ends of the spectrum. There is too much competition and, and you see where it gets you when you decide it's okay to collaborate with people. They're, yeah. they're, we're all in this together. Yeah, I've been talking to friends about that a lot because I, I honestly, and um, one of my dear friends is out there right now listening to us here at NAMM, but um, my heart was kind of broken from, from music for a while, about a year, year and a half ago, and I was feeling uh, sort of beaten up by how hard I had worked and how little I felt like I had to show for it. Um, and we connected and we started singing on each other's projects and, and playing songs together, and it really brought me back to what this is actually about. And, and that moment where you feel like time stopped and you're hearing your voices together, or, you know, it, it, it's, I mean, there's a video that we put online together of the song that he wrote, but it's just like, that's the stuff that keeps you going in this industry and, and keeps you tough when, when you know, you're driving forever to get <laughs> to a gig where you, nobody comes because it's raining or, you know, that's, you need your community and you need that collaboration. And those are the people who are gonna, keep you going and put wind in your sails. And speaking of putting things online, I want to encourage listeners to check Natalie out on her official website, which is www.nataliegelman.com. And you can just look at the title of this episode on your listening device to get the proper spelling of her name. And then once you are on nataliegelman.com, she is all over social media. So use the icons there to get with her on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Again, nataliegelman.com and then Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we have the full audio there as well as the guest photo, a link to their website. We have quotes from the guests on each show, and it's all at nhte.net where you can also find links to get this show from iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. And be sure to sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net as well. Natalie, um... You have uh, a new record being mixed for a 2017 release. However, in the middle of it all, you just did a new music video from your 2014 EP release, Street Lamp Musician. Why the why the, the, the backtracking, I'll call it, excuse my weird word choice? 
No, well, you know, and I've kind of been fascinated by that too, that we're, especially everything stirred up in the music industry, like this cycle, this quote, quote, album cycle isn't really working, especially for indie musicians. And I don't know that after I finish this record that I'll put out another proper record. I might focus more on singles and releasing one thing a month or more frequently. But um, I had this idea for a music video for this song for so long and I, you know, it's one of, it's an independent musician, it's tough to get the right people together and get all the pieces working and I'm, I'm happy I stuck with it um, because this music video that we, we made was premiered on the Huffington Post, which is such a great thing for an indie artist to get that sort of um, push out, out the gate. And it was, I have a lot of fans, you know, throughout the country that don't all see it eye to eye politically. And I think don't always listen, you know, if we get so much of our news from Facebook and, and the video is really about talking to each other about the things we disagree about and, and you know, thinking really about, oh, who am I actually, I like to say, quote, in bed with, like, who do you allow into your bed? And for me, the last thing in the, and, and it's true even after, you know, making this video, I, the first thing and the last thing I do every day is look at my phone and absorb some kind of, you know, intimate thing that's, uh, that, you know, you don't know if you're being almost violated by all these different stimuli. Yeah. Thank you. It's just such a um, intimate relationship we have with our phones, and I—it's not very thoughtful. And I was hoping to encourage people to actually think about the things that they believe in, because you, what you—what happens is you start just having a really limited supply of information. I mean, I'm fairly liberal, and so much of what comes through my Facebook feed now is liberal stuff. And I'm trying to, you know, see, okay, why did why did we vote this guy into office, yeah. <laughs> and really understand that? Because I, I. It's hard for me to get behind someone, and, and there's, you know, lots of reasons why I don't need to share here. But that's my goal with that is is to help people find the gray area and find some common ground together. And um, talking about your music, as far as 2017 is concerned, we just said that you have a new record being mixed for a 2017 release. So before I ask the question I intended to ask, do we know when that will be out? Do we know what it will be called? How many songs are on it? Are there's, you ready to disclose that sort of information? Well, yeah. Yet? You know, it's, it's interesting because as soon as I think I've decided something about it, and that's what's great about not having a big label behind it that's like, hey, what's, you know, you've got to do this, that, and the other. It's up to me. And so I thought I was calling it one thing and I was keeping that all secretive, and now I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to call it that. And I'm happy I never said anything about it. But um, it's been interesting to, the side of it where I thought I would know when it was released, I've given up on. You know, I've decided it's my project that I'm really seeing through and babying. Um, it should be out. I'm, I'm ready for my Kickstarter backers in a few months, and then it's a matter of lining up, you know, the right release strategy. And this time, I want to have a few videos ready to go before I release it. The last time, I just okay. did one. Okay. So. And then uh, you are only in California through April, and then uh, dates in Connecticut. Yeah, I've got some shows in Connecticut, uh, New York City, and uh, working on some more tour dates that aren't up on the calendar yet, but for Boston and maybe even down into uh, Pennsylvania and around the, north the Northeast from April through May. And uh, personally, I'm blessed that this show has gotten listeners from 124 countries around the world. So for those of you who are just being introduced to Natalie for the first time, you should know that when she talks about playing live shows, you have played at the House of Blues. Um, you even opened, this is a, a unique one, you opened for Billy Bob Thornton in 2015. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, I, that's cool that you opened for him, but what was he doing? 
<laughs> oh my gosh, comedy? he has a fabulous band called the Box Masters. Does actually. he? Yeah, and it's wow. a really great, really good musicians. It's an Americana act, and he, you know, is brazen and really entertaining on stage. Um, I recommend his show. And uh, you even uh, a ten-week European tour in, in support of Street Lamp Musician. That's very impressive. Thanks. Yeah, that was amazing. I, I um, had been asked to go play at the Madeira Film Festival, which is a small island off the coast of Portugal, um, and I decided to keep going <laughs> before I went. But as long I, as I'm already over here, I know. I was like, well, it's you know, it's. it's productive and cost effective with the plane ticket to keep it going so I ended up going to eight different countries like you said and um, I forget the number of shows that I played I did a rundown on a blog of the number of shows I played the number of different beds I slept in and the number of trains I took and tuna sandwiches I ate forms in of currency that you were kind yeah. of exchanged I wow. still can't figure out the Krona in Denmark I'm like wait I'm paying you four thousand dollars for coffee what's going on well, we're almost out of time, but I just want to touch on two other very uh, unique endeavors of yours because it's fascinating that so many guests on, on my show uh, for, for three years now and some people that get into some ventures that you say, okay, th th that's kind of different. Um, I think I know what you're going to ask One of yours about. is, yeah, a TEDx talk. H how in the world do, does someone get involved with a TEDx talk who is a singer-songwriter? I was asked, actually, uh, the last song that you heard me play today, a photograph, um, I wrote in traffic. Actually, the first and last songs I played today were both written in my car, in traffic, stuck on roads. Um, and so that one was written in what was called the Mercer Mess in uh, Seattle. And I was actually on my way to a radio interview and, and was missing, or from a radio to a show, and it was I literally parked on the street, uh, Mercer and Perry. And I started writing the song, and um, anyways, about a year later, I had finished the song with our friend Charlie, who is one of my collaborators, and um, we finished the song. The original lyrics never made it into the song, which was a whole interesting thing, and that's what I shared at a show that I played the following year in a town north of Spokane called uh, Mead. And someone from a TEDx conference was at the show, and the whole story is all about um, connections and, and the way we find ourselves in places and, and making the connection between the initial inspiration and your final piece of art. And so I shared the story in a brief, you know, bit before my song and they were preparing that conference and asked me if I'd be interested wow. in doing it. And wow. it scared I can't I don't know if I can curse. <laughs> it scared me. So I thought, okay, let's do it. You know, and uh and it was really hard, and it, and it was really fun, and, and I don't, you know, I, I basically took um, one of my tools that I've used a lot over the years, which is drawing a question mark on my hand, which always keeps me sort of motivated to just go out for what's possible and not, you know, holding so tightly to thinking that I have a clue about how things are <laughs> supposed to go. And, the, and I've talked about this a lot, like, as soon as I think I know what I'm doing and, like, I got my act together, I realize how... I don't, and then I realize how good it is to not have any idea what I'm doing, because then everything's possible. Like, as soon as you're like, yeah, this is, no. It's so, that's what the TEDx was about, and I think a lot of people took something from it. Um, we'll see if I ever do it again. <laughs> and then uh, the last one is, um, and, and I'm going to be honest, and I'm not going to cheat and pull out my phone and, and get on IMDb, you acted in Meet Me in Montenegro. Um, I'm going to plead ignorance. I'm not familiar with the film, but uh, what was it and, and what was your involvement? And I guess, how did you get the opportunity? Uh, uh, the editor was my husband. Um, no. So basically, <laughs> I, uh, my husband's a filmmaker, 
and his best friend uh, had a film that was headed you know trying to get into film festivals and he couldn't get into you know festivals and and gave it to Brent to do another edit and Brent edited it and it got into Toronto and at Toronto it sold to uh, the Orchard and the Orchard would put it out if they changed one of the scenes was uh, borrowed footage they had festival rights for um, The Bachelor and uh, he needed this he's he's he uh, Alex Holdridge the director had won the Spirit Award a few years prior and had his pick of actresses in LA wanting to work with him and Brent said you know Natalie's a really good actress and you should think about hiring her and working with her and he, he wouldn't and uh, finally it came down to it and a lot of the girls he wanted couldn't do the date and uh, Brent and I had to act out a rose scene from The Bachelor where I don't get the rose and it was great because Alex just uh, really thought I was a good actor and I've been wanting to get back into acting. I was going to ask you, is Natalie really a good actress or is this him being a husband? I mean, we didn't talk well, about it. Well, it wasn't there... the director who said that I was a good actor. I'm, I'm not interested in acting in anything that my... I hope he doesn't hear this. But <laughs> <laughs> it'd be really hard to work with my husband. We've, we've worked together on music videos and that that's plenty. Um, but I don't know that I could act in a... He's made a few feature films and I don't know that I could do it so we'll, we'll so we'll stick to the music so listeners uh, look for new music for Natalie this year in 2017 uh, again she's at www.nataliegelman.com and then once you're there be sure to find her all over social media she is on Twitter Instagram YouTube and Facebook Natalie thank you so much for stopping by I appreciate it thank you it's good to be here absolutely my pleasure that'll do it for Natalie Gelman here on Now Hear This Entertainment, be sure to check us out on the web at nhte.net and like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. And of course, our show is available worldwide on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and even on TuneIn Radio. I am Bruce Wozniak. This is Now Hear This Entertainment.
like a long stand of rose. Thank you. This is our special series of interviews done live on location, and you know about the various outlets where you can hear Now Hear This Entertainment, as well as the various social media platforms you can engage with the show through. But I've stepped back into Crystal Blue Sound Studios long enough to tell you about some of the other features around Now Hear This Entertainment. When you're looking for music from any of the guests who appear on Now Hear This Entertainment, or for that matter, anytime you're going to make any kind of purchase from Amazon, period, Be sure to go to www.nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help with a small return from Amazon to NHTE, which helps keep the show going so you can continue to hear great artist interviews and their original music each week. If you really love the show, wear it! There are NHTE t-shirts and hats available for purchase at nhte.net. It's a fun way to spread the word to others about this podcast. Those of you who are regular listeners to the show know all about the tip I always give out in the middle of each episode talking to up-and-coming performers. That's a segment called Bruce's Bonus, and as much as I'd like you to go back and listen to past episodes of NHTE to try to find all those bonuses, they have all been compiled for you in a concise ebook format which you can purchase at www.brucesbonusbook.com. I also want to hear your thoughts on the show and chat online with you, as well as get the listeners talking to one another, which is why there is a special Facebook group for NHTE listeners. Look for the NHTE Facebook group icon at nhte.net, or just search on Facebook for the group. It's called NHTE Listeners. And we also now have a Patreon for the show, I sincerely appreciate your consideration of an ongoing monthly donation to help support continued production and related expenses of NHTE. There are different levels of giving listed, as well as some neat thank you gifts for doing so. Just go to nhte.net and look for the Patreon button, or go to patreon.com nhte. And of course, Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com nhte. One final note from here at the studio before we resume the live on-location interviews, and that is for you to check out Crystal Blue Sound Studios online. They are located near Tampa, Florida, but in this day and age of online file sharing and cloud storage can help you regardless of where you are. So be sure to visit www.cbpro.net, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. And now, back to our special NAM Show series. This is Now Here's This Entertainment. I am Bruce Wozniak. We are at the Tascam booth at the NAM show in Anaheim, California, here on day three at the Anaheim Convention Center. 
And don't forget, now here this entertainment is at www.nhte.net, and the show has listeners in 124 countries around the world, thanks to iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and even TuneIn Radio. And I'm thrilled to be joined for this segment of Now Hear This Entertainment by Josh Logan. Josh, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it, thanks, thanks for playing. Great to hear you perform live. It was our pleasure. It was our pleasure. And thanks to Tascam for letting us uh, use your stage, too. Yeah, no doubt. And another thanks, because uh, tell the listeners, you, you have a deal, the guitar that, that you were playing. Yeah, Rain Song. Uh, I've been working with these guys since uh, I first started coming to NAMM, and uh, they hooked me up with uh, some really great deals on my guitars, and they endorsed me, and uh, they gave us a couple guitars to try out today. The Black Ice and uh, the H. I don't know what the model is. We'll get back to that. If you want to just go to the Rain Song site and check them out. <laughs> so let's get uh, the, the obvious stuff out of the way. I'm, I'm sure you get this on every interview, and it's almost kind of as, a, as the host of the show, you're, you're required by law to, to bring up a, a TV show that maybe some people have heard of. Uh, it aired on cable access in Aurora, Illinois. Oh, no, wait, that was Wayne's World. Uh, sorry. Swing. No, you weren't You weren't on Wayne's World. You were on a Denied. TV show called The Voice, if I'm saying it properly. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, in France, they call it The, Vo- the Voice. Eh? <laughs> uh, 2013, you were on The Voice, um, turned three chairs, and yeah. uh, you are on Team Christina. I was. I was on Team Christina, too. Uh, that's actually where I met that pretty girl over there, Miss Olivia <laughs> Hankin. Uh, it was a crazy experience. I got uh, I got really lucky. You know, I was in the right place at the right time. Uh, in 2006, I was on another show called Rockstar Supernova with Tommy Lee and some uh, some other rock cats, and I got to cut my reality show TV <laughs> with that one first and make all the mistakes <laughs> on that show, which I, I made several, uh, and then I continued to make them on The Voice. But uh, you know, all kidding aside, you you, you say I got lucky. Um, you know, the right place at the right time, but. Uh, you finished 11th, so I mean, uh, you know, it, it sounds like, well, what is your question, Bruce? But you know, you had to do some things right to, to get that far. So um, you know, I, I, I'm laughing with you. Lucky, right place, at the right time. But at the same time, um, was it because of something? I mean, Supernova was was seven years earlier. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I never thought that I'd be able to get the the second a chance to be on a on a reality show. I mean. When I first started thinking about doing it, I'm like, there's no way that's ever going to happen. But I, I put out some feelers to some of the same people from the Rockstar era, and I was like, hey, I just saw the show that's out. and It was kind of new at that point because it was only on season five. Uh, and they said, yeah, we can get you a private audition in New York. So I was like, well, screw it. I'm not doing anything anyway. And you know how, as a musician, you come into lulls of like self-doubt, and you're just like, I don't, maybe I should go. Maybe I should go to college. You know, maybe I should get my shit together and, and do something. Can I say shit? You just did. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was... I did twice. I apologize twice. Uh, where you just get filled with self-doubt. You're like, maybe I should do something up, change it up. And uh, I'm glad I didn't. And, I, and I, I went and just you know threw caution to the air and got on that show. Why I say it's luck is, is because, I mean, it takes obviously some sort of, of skill in order to do it. But a lot of it is luck. It just being, you know, there's so many people that try out for this, this show. Like tens of thousands more than that I'm, I'm sure 30, 40, yeah, 50,000 yeah. people so it's like a needle in a haystack dude yeah uh, all the way back the very first episode ever of Now Here This Entertainment the guest was Shauna P and uh, Shauna yeah. uh, was on The Voice and uh, the number was significantly higher than you're saying so it is it is uh, something of a long shot um, for those of you uh, listeners who are not familiar with Josh being introduced for the first time um, just want to kind of go back because you know you say there's periods you know where you kind of doubt yourself and you say well maybe I should go to college or something um, <laughs> this this show is geared a lot towards the up-and-comers who are listening that are trying to get lessons from my guests 
and uh, you had an unfortunate set of circumstances. You were signed by a manager who promised to fund your album and then proceeded to leave you high and dry. Just talk about that experience and, and, and how you did rebound from it, because here you are on the stage, you know, you have the deal uh, for guitars, you were on The Voice, and that has to be something that you do enter a period of self-doubt and say, you know what, maybe I should just ditch music. There's so much to that story that I, I can't give you every boring, awful detail, but I'll tell you that I came off the, the Rockstar show in 2006 and I thought I was something else, you know. I, I was my best, I was my biggest fan, you know, which is <laughs> the juiciest thing I've ever said, but it's true, you know, because I, I came off that show and I was just like, Everyone wanted to be your friend. I had cousins I didn't know about that were coming out of the woodwork, and they wanted to hang out and wanted to know what I had going on. And you said, guess what? It turns out that I am God's gift to music. How Man, about that? I, I fell forward. I really did. <laughs> and I partied a lot and had a lot of fun, but in retrospect, I made a lot of bad decisions, which was trusting some dude I didn't know to fund an album without knowing his background. So there's lesson number one, kids. Don't <laughs> do your research on the people that want to throw money at you and see what they really want. Read those contracts thoroughly. Uh, what happened is, uh, you know, he, he funded me up to a certain point, and then he's just cut the funds when I was really close to, like, getting to the mastering phase, and the the album took a lot longer than expected, and it was overly produced. It's still good stuff. It's, it's good tunes, but uh, you can hear how overly produced it is. It's on iTunes right now. I, I wouldn't say don't go bad. I'd say check out a, a couple of tracks and don't waste your time with the other ones, but uh, Daydreams and Gone Tomorrow Here Today are, are probably the two best things that came off that album. So psychologically, how did you pick yourself back up and say, I'm going to move forward now. It stinks that I went through this, but music is, is where my passion is. I played a ton of gigs, you know? I just got back into the work and, and I played a lot of crappy gigs and I played a lot of amazing gigs that I would have never gotten had I not been on that show. Uh, I just, you know, try to wrap my head around that, and you gotta—I mean, you gotta have thick skin in this industry anyway, because so many people are gonna tell you no and, and just basically take advantage of you. And I mean, what are you gonna do? You're just gonna take it and, and fold, or are you gonna just plow forward and just see what the next step is? And that's what the voice was. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just let's see what happens. See yeah. if I got still got something going, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, speaking of the music that you're making, you recently released an EP called Good Times, which is available on iTunes and uh, other music download sites. Um, many of the songs that you performed on The Voice are, are on there as well, but um, talk about Good Times. Uh, Good Times is a is an effort of love uh, between, uh, actually, my, my bass player, Keith Lewis. It was his idea to, to make it all happen. He, he funded that, and I, I mostly trust him. Uh, no, he hooked it up. He, he funded the project, and we, went, uh, we worked with this really cool producer, Anthony Resta, who's uh, actually here in Paramount in L.A., but he, he's bi-coastal. He's, he's also in Nashua, New Hampshire, which is pretty close to where I, I grew up. Uh, so we got in the studio with uh, him and Cariotti, and we had uh, Rami Jaffe from uh, Wallflowers and Foo Fighters, uh, played some keys on there. This dude, Tim Pierce, who is a, a massive session guy who's worked with everybody who's, I mean, his discography just goes on and on. Uh, and we, you know, I had a couple tunes I wanted to do, but Good Times was the... Was, an, was something that kind of culminated from all three of our brains and we kind of knew what we wanted to do. We wanted that, you heard the tune, so it has that, that kind of, what would you call that? <laughs> Something like a Spanish kind of feel, like Amy Winehouse thing. We wanted to get that going on, soulful. And uh, we just put it together, man. Just made, made a really kick-ass song and had a great time doing it. I am Bruce Wozniak, and I am at the Tascam booth at the NAMM Show in Anaheim, California, being joined by Josh Logan. Be sure to check him out online at www.joshlogan.net. And then from there, you can find him all over the place on social media. Click the icons on joshlogan.net to go find him on Twitter, Facebook, 
Instagram, uh, Snapchat, and his music is even available on SoundCloud. And as I just mentioned, of course, his EP is called Good Times, which you can purchase on iTunes. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net. Subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a good review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. That really does help the show a lot. And do hit us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Josh, you mentioned um, you, you've, you've really kind of um, set up camp in a, in a few different places. Uh, New Hampshire originally, now you're in Kentucky, um, spent a little time in Nashville. Obviously, you've got things out here in California. Yeah, you got to move it around. I mean, if you stay in one place, uh, someone once told me, don't ever let me find you where I left you. You know what I mean? Ah. Yeah, that's kind of a, that's, that's always stuck in me. So I always try to keep, stay fresh. And as you travel, you, you, you get into rooms with fresh ears and people you don't know who aren't biased already to like you. So that's a good way to test your mettle against uh, what you really think of yourself and to see if other people will like you too uh, in places, in strange places. And now that you have all that experience, it's going to serve you well because uh, you're going to be playing around the U.S. and internationally as well. Yeah, we've we've been lucky enough to play this really cool spot in St. Bart's. Uh, We've been about four or five times. We're actually going again in March, the three of us, uh, to play for a couple of weeks for this big... uh, bucket regatta it's like this big boat race which is really unbelievably we're just lucky to be there it's such a beautiful beautiful island and it's uh we would never be able to go there normally because it's obviously way too expensive too rich for my blood but between that and uh i got some studio session work coming up in new york which i'm excited about and uh, i'm just playing uh the small gigs to the large gigs doesn't matter what it is or where it is uh, i'm down to do it you know and then you played here on the stage uh, at the Tascam booth at nam and uh did a stevie wonder song because we did see him walking around here a little while ago so uh yeah so so stevie is uh, he's way up there for you uh, i've seen him two or three times i've, I've come to probably four years with the nams here and every time i see him I, get, I don't know what to, I'm like a little schoolgirl, which is a weird thing to say also. But uh, <laughs> he's always surrounded by really big dudes, and I don't, you know, I, I want to go up and give him a hug, but I know I'll probably be murdered. Uh, at some point, though, I, I know I'll meet him. Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to say at some point he'll be, do, he'll be doing a Josh Logan song. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be something, wouldn't it? But you can you can hear a little bit of, of the Stevie influence in your music. You know, I, the, 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 it's t- it, I think it's tough to put a label on your genre because the, I think the knee-jerk reaction is to say pop, but then if you think of Stevie, you go, well, it's almost like he has a genre of his own, and, and you're, you have a unique sound. I like it. Steve, yeah, there's no other Stevie but Stevie, but I, I, I've studied him forever, and, and every little intricacy of the runs that he does to the tone of his voice to the vibratos, and, you know, it, what a, there's no better teacher on this earth and planet than Stevie Wonder. Uh, in um, the age of 17, you became a father and, and worked construction to support your child, which is which is very admirable. Oh, um, how how do you still make the decision? Because you know everyone will tell you, don't get into music. There's no money to be made out there. So faced with that challenge, obviously you've still kept on the on on the track to pursue music. And, and as I said, you know had success with it, but still that has to be somewhat daunting at that young age. It absolutely is. And uh, I had a, I had a great job and I worked it for a very long time and uh, had great opportunities with that, but I didn't leverage myself away from the job until I started getting gigs and started making the money I needed to survive and until I realized I don't, I don't need, I make more money playing music, which is really crazy to say in this industry, than working the nine to five. So I just made that change once I could make that change. I didn't just do it. But I mean, it does take a, a certain amount of balls to just do that, just play music. 
if you don't have nothing holding you down either, or you don't have any uh, adult requirement things that you have to fulfill, <laughs> then you get to just roll the dice and go sleep in your car and make bad decisions and write good songs, you know. And especially in this day and age, you know, we hear so much in, in the industry uh, about Spotify, about, you know, streaming, about artists who are not making anything because their money or, or because their songs are on services like that. Um, but but you're, you're still able to, to give it a good go. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't have services like that, I understand a lot of people's dilemma and, and the downfall of some of this, the streaming and downloading, but if we didn't have those tools, how would how would people really get music on the opposite side of where you're you're based out of? You know, I think it's a good service. I think Spotify, you know, puts your tune into a playlist sometimes where people wouldn't normally even go check you out. And then they that I've found so many artists on Spotify that I never heard of before that I'm now big fans of. So, do you find that? Uh you're getting bookings somewhere or even something as simple as an email or a, or a social media engagement from someone who did find you on YouTube or they found you, meaning meaning that this wasn't someone who found you on The Voice. Yeah, well, that's definitely been such a huge boost for, well, for sure, getting Well, sure, because I would hope that that would be a given. Luckily, yeah, but uh, it ain't because they helped me get the gigs. It's because I got them on my own. Let's get that straight. Yeah, yeah, good uh, for you. Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, you think after being on a couple shows that you get that foundation, that support system there to help you be successful, but it, it really doesn't exist. I guess you could seek out and find it, but it's very difficult to find. So uh, on my own, yeah, I've, uh, via emails and, and word of mouth and obviously social media and people just seeing stuff on like YouTube, I've, I've landed some pretty strange and awesome gigs all across the world. You know? <laughs> I would be remiss since we're sitting here at the Tascam booth if I didn't ask you uh, about your history with, with Tascam and, and use of, of their products. Of course. And it's funny because uh, you had asked me if I had any, any background with Tascam, and I do. I, I used to use the 424 and the 424 MK2 with the cassette tape one and with overdub. That's how I learned how to do harmonies. I just sit there like an asshole in my room and just stack harmonies until it was so muddy that you, it really wasn't even worth listening to. But I thought it was great. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they've come much farther than the Tascam 424 days. Uh, uh, I'm excited to wrap my head around some of their new technology and the new stuff they got going on. So when uh, w w was it? Were you a singer first? Were you a guitar player first? Did Same. it kind of happen at the same time? Songwriting too, I guess. Yeah, I was. I was always writing poetry, and I never really wanted to be a singer. But uh, once I got on stage, my mom was a karaoke DJ, and, and she needed help carrying the speakers, so I'd load them in and I'd hang out <laughs> and I'd sing some songs. And I really liked doing imitations. Uh, so I'd get up there when I was like 14, 15 years old in these bars and and rock rock it out and uh, I don't know ever since people started giving me attention because of it that's kind of what made me steer my way towards actually wanting to be a musician it wasn't always something I thought of until that, that time I've had a lot of guests on my show who have been on America's Got Talent who've been on American Idol who've been on The Voice and it's always encouraging when I hear people that have stayed in touch with each other, the, the support that they continue to give each other, and obviously, uh, you know, the benefits have paid off for, for you that, that you met Olivia yeah. on that show. So, obviously, um, you know, I think there's a lot more that doesn't show up on the TV screen that, you know, the listeners should know, because, because you know, we, we, we talk about the fact that it is a show, and they have to get ratings, and it's yeah. not exactly what the viewers think, but at the same time, let's not knock it too much, because there are these, these benefits, uh, such as, as those that I'm alluding to. Well, we always tell each other that we won the show because we found each other. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> no, uh, it's it's been great. I mean, I, I took I packed up everything that I owned in in uh, New England and moved myself down south because of that girl. And uh, I am a lucky lucky man. That's that's probably the best thing that came out of the boys for me. 
Outstanding. Well, Josh, you're doing terrific in, in my opinion. For, for what that's worth, 25 cents in my opinion. I'll get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. thank, thank you for doing this. Thanks, my pleasure. Thank you very and, much. Uh, listeners, what you're doing, man. Thank you. Be sure to check him out online at www.joshlogan.net. And then do follow him. He's all over social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. His music is available on SoundCloud. And, of course, do purchase his music on iTunes. His recently released EP is entitled Good Times. Now hear this entertainment is at www.nhte.net. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, subscribe to the show. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and even on TuneIn Radio. This is Now Hear This Entertainment. We're at the Tascam booth at the NAMM Show in Anaheim, California. We'll talk to you next week on another episode of NHTE.
took your time I'm gonna spend my night with you, yeah, yeah. You're such a good time I'm gonna spend my night with you Good times. Hey, thank you so much.